Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chad Michael Bowden, and thank you so much for clicking on another brand new episode of Hindsight is 20 slash 200. Thank you guys so, so much for all the love and support. Um, really does mean a lot. Happy to see you guys continuing to love the episodes. I always enjoy getting feedback from you guys. And uh, if you have any feedback, you know, you can always email me at cmbalton at yahoo.com. And if you know anybody that would like to listen to the podcast, you can tell them that they'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just type in hindsight is 20 slash 200. Well, all right. We have an amazing brand new guest today as my guide dog shakes his head. <laughs> um, we are joined by um, the co-founder of Speed of Sight, um, the great and powerful Mike Newman. So everybody, please, if you can, introduce my guest today, the great and powerful Mike Newman. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you so much for joining me today. It means a lot. Thank you for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. And it's very, uh, thank you for your interest. And, <laughs> of course. And the things that we're getting involved in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you are creating an experience that is definitely something that I was really blown away by. Um, but before we get too far into the conversation, would you just um, politely introduce yourself to my listeners so that they can get to know you a little bit better? So yeah, again, then my name is Mike Newin. I co-founded a charity some 10 years ago in the UK that helps people with all types of varying different uh, uh, disabilities to get behind the wheel of especially adapted vehicles. So mm-hmm. we work with people predominantly who will never be in a position to take a driver's test or hold a driver's license, uh, but still uh, are interested and experience what it's like to to get behind the wheel this can be for people who used to be able to drive but through illness or accident they've had to relinquish their driver's license Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things they miss very very much so we give them the chance for a little while to experience that excitement again Mm -hmm. additionally we help people who were never going to position to to hold a license say they've been born with a challenge that wouldn't allow them to hold, hold a license and we give them in many, many cases, we give them the opportunity to experience driving for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when I first set the charity up, I expected to be dealing with predominantly adults who used to drive but couldn't drive anymore. Um, to my absolute delight and pleasure and very humble sort of feelings, uh, probably about 50% of our drivers now are young children or teenagers. Uh, and they will never get the chance to hold a driver's license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's immediately what drew me to um, your organization, because um, as someone who was diagnosed with uh, retinitis pigmentosa at age 11, of course, um, when I was 15, you know, here in the States, 15 is when we get our driving permits. So, um, you know, it's kind of where we kind of get the, the at least the okay to drive with at least an adult. Um, but of course, I was told at 15 by doctors that I would never be able to drive. So I have never drove in my life. Uh, well, I've, I've drove once, but that was way before the diagnosis um, at, at 15 that I couldn't be dra- able to drive. So in terms of actually driving on my own uh, behind the wheel of a car, I, I've never done that. And I'm 29 now and I'm, you know, probably will never be able to drive. So when I was, you know, researching and I found your organization, I was just like, this is so, so cool because this is allowing us like, you know, people in my situation um, to get this experience that otherwise we, we will never get to have because of, you know, our disability. So I was just really, really 
blown away by what you guys are doing over at Speed of Sight. Well, Chad, what I will say before we go any further, buddy, is that if you're ever in the UK, we will get you behind the wheel. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I work with a lot of amazing um, colleagues over in the UK, and the more and more I, I discover and find out, the more and more I want to move to the UK. <laughs> well, as soon as you're over here, you let us know, and we'll have you racing around the track in no time. That'd be awesome. So how did you um, put together Speed of Sight? Um was this something that you always had in mind or is this something that kind of came about um, after some research or experiences of your own? Yeah, well, what, what happened is uh, I, I was born with sight loss, mm -hmm. uh, but I was very, well, from a little boy, I was very, very keen on motorsport and mm -hmm. uh, powerful, powerful motor cars and motorcycles. Now, I think sport, for example, is an amazing uh amazing opportunity for people whatever their challenges in life are to get involved mm -hmm. and um, for me it was motorsport for other people it's obviously something different and it's everything to what everybody whatever anyone wants to do mm -hmm. but motorsport was definitely um going to be a spectator a job for me mm -hmm. also i thought but um as i got older uh the passion for for cars uh, remained with me so when I got to the sort of late 30s, I decided that um, to stop saying to myself, if I could see, I'd buy this car or if mm -hmm. I could see I'd buy this motorcycle. And I changed my mindset to say, what if? What if I figured out a way of me enjoying the exhilaration of getting, getting on the saddle of a motorcycle or mm -hmm. getting behind the wheel of a, of a V8? And once you start changing, when you, when you say, when you put the what in before, before the if, Mm -hmm. things start to change mm -hmm. um, things start to think well how would it, how could it could it be done mm -hmm. rather than just putting a brick wall in the way and saying that's that it's the end of it could mm -hmm. it be done so i i looked into it and um 2001 now quite a while ago i was able to experience my first adventure on a motorcycle and lucky enough to get my first uh, guinness world record nice that's so awesome uh, and that motivated me to then get behind the wheel of a motor car mm -hmm. and uh, see if I could uh, enjoy that exhilaration and mm -hmm. that experience. And a couple of years later, I was very privileged to get my hands on a very beautiful brand new Jaguar uh, and take it very quickly. Um, and what happened after that was I got quite a bit of, a bit of notoriety from... Mm -hmm. Exploit my exploits, and I started to meet uh, a lot of people at different car events that had had, had lost their license through mm -hmm. the reasons I mentioned before. And without exception, the, the message I was hearing was why they're trying to rehabilitate from mm -hmm. the, the, the disaster in their life that, that they've experienced, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. A couple of examples could be that someone's uh, had a stroke, mm -hmm. or someone's developed epilepsy. Or they've had a spinal injury uh, or, or a brain injury that means they can't drive anymore. So, um, but the exception, the without exception, they mm -hmm. were saying that whilst I'm trying to put my life, put my life back together, mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm not sure what the, what lies ahead. I don't know how I'm going to manage. One thing I do miss most is not being able to drive. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I could say I could associate with that clearly because mm -hmm. that's one of the things that was on my mind since I was a little boy. So I started to think about how could I get people, if I 
could do it for me? How can I get other people behind the wheel? Not not to do high speed uh, world records, but <laughs> to get to the opportunity that I can get them behind the wheel on a racetrack. How could mm-hmm. I do it? Eventually, I'll come up with a, a concept that was we, we intended to make it as safe as possible, mm-hmm. but there, but still remaining fun and interesting and exciting. Mm-hmm. So we came up with a concept which is fairly simple, but very, very effective. Our cars are specially adapted then with dual control pedals, as you'd expect. But we also have two steering wheels in our car, so our instructors can remain in control of the vehicle at all times for health and safety reasons. But and also that gives us gives the instructor the instructor the added added, added ability if we can say it uh, to help the person do as much as they're able behind the wheel and get mm-hmm. involved as much as they can in driving the car that they're in. Mm. At the moment, our cars are all open top as well, so mm-hmm. it remains a very tactile and auditory environment. Right. And. Um, we wear our, we wear crash helmets, which have got a comms link in, so the participant that are driving on this particular day can communicate with the instructor, so they can hear the instructions. And uh, we don't just work with people with sight loss, as I said earlier. We work across the disability um, sector, I suppose, is mm-hmm. the expression. And we meet people with many, many different challenges in life, um, and we help them to do as much as they can. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a little saying in our charity. We do our very, very best to make sure there's no passengers at speed of sight. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. So when it comes to your cars, for those that are listening, um, just to um, clarify a little bit more. So there's two steering wheels and then it's double pedals. So does That's that right. mean that the um, the instructor also has gas and brake on their end for their sitting? Yes, they do. So. Mm-hmm. Our cars, in, in a weird sort of way, our cars can be driven driven from either seat. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is the instructor, we, we, we get our participants into the vehicles in the pit lane, mm-hmm. uh, and then the instructor drives the car onto the circuit, and then he or she will introduce the controls to mm-hmm. the individual. Mm-hmm. Typically, typically, we'd start off with getting the steering organized and sort of mm-hmm. getting the steering the vehicle. And once they're comfortable and confident with that, then we introduce the pedals to them. Gotcha. Now, was that hard at all to adapt in terms of vehicles? Because, you know, I don't know the first thing about manufacturing a, a car, but I, of course I can imagine it's quite hard. Um, so was it difficult at all to adjust to basically put in the, the second steering wheel as well as the other brakes and gas? Well, what we, what we did or what I did was to find a, a vehicle that I would, I, I felt could be, uh, adapted reasonably easy, mm. easily uh, and then we had the adaptions fitted at the time the vehicle was being constructed mm-hmm. uh, so we modified the roll cages for example which allows us to get people who are wheelchair users mm-hmm. who have mobility restrictions into the cars as well so we sort of built in built the adaptions in to the vehicles whilst we uh we were um building the car so mm-hmm. what we have at the moment is what i call two track cars and two two buggies mm-hmm. now originally uh we had i got the buggies built for doing primarily off-road activities mm-hmm. over over rough terrain stuff but um what we have found out are, are subsequently 
is that we tend to use those on track just as much as the track cars mm -hmm. because they have a bigger a bigger cockpit and they have hand controls in as well. Mm -hmm. So people who don't have the use of their legs can use the hand controls or in the buggies as well. So because mm -hmm. it's like a bigger cockpit, it's easier for them, easy mm -hmm. for us to, to get the people in and out of the vehicles. Mm -hmm. So we do work with people that have severe mobility uh, challenges to live with. Mm -hmm. We have a hoist, so we bring a hoist as well to the event. So we can, if they're in a wheelchair, we can lift them out of, the, out of their chairs into the driver's seat mm -hmm. strap them and then help them enjoy their experience mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's so amazing how universally accessible um you've made the experience you know like you say you know the motto is there's no passengers at speed of sight and you guys really have made sure that there's no passengers and it's, it's just a really amazing um and you know the ingenuity that goes behind it is just really really impressive um so you know I, i'm you know super you know you know kudos to you and just you know that's amazing that you're able to do that um what what has been the response to this i i can only imagine it's been quite um quite a good response when it comes to allowing people that you know like we've said usually are unable to experience this to be able to have that moment where they can finally get behind the, the you know the, the car and actually have that drive that they probably lo have lost or have always wanted to do well, I think the, the thing about this was that it, it wasn't my particular idea. It was people mm -hmm. saying what they missed. Mm -hmm. Because of that enthusiasm, I wish they could do this again, started mm -hmm. the rolling. Mm -hmm. Now, the response, the response uh, to it is, is always very, very, very positive. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you, if, you, if you think of someone like yourself that's lived with a, with a disability for a number of years if not all your life mm -hmm. and to be to to experience something that you that you've been told no you mm -hmm. can't do that. to experience it when, and when no becomes yes <laughs> right and then, then that's a game changer mm -hmm. um, um or we'll often get in the car they'd be they can be a bit nervous they can be a bit unsure mm -hmm. they're not they know what to expect mm -hmm. but when they get out of the car they're very happy <laughs> they're very smiley they're very buoyed up if you like they've, mm -hmm. they've learned that something else they can do something they can join and for the time and i can only relate this to myself mm -hmm. when i'm in the, when i'm in a car behind the wheel i don't think i'm a blind man driving a car mm -hmm. i think i'm mike newman having a bloody great time <laughs> yeah that's the that's that's a powerful feeling and statement to be able to say yeah so I'm curious, have, or are there any sort of legal um, things you have to go through to allow people with disabilities to get behind the wheel? I'm just curious, like, are, are there any sort of restrictions or, you know, things you have to meet in terms of requirements? The moment is that the, due to insurance, our youngest driver has to be seven years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we have quite a few of those, mm -hmm. uh, so much so that we're having at the moment having to build a little buggy that fit little people, basically, uh, because our buggies are a little large for those. So we're having mm -hmm. a little one built for them. Um, the other restrictions are some people will be told by their medical practitioners that they're not able to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's very little that we can do about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but typically, apart from that, very few people. Um, 
that we that we uh, that come to see us mm-hmm. are, are not able to take part. And we 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 are a bit sort of, um, I suppose, trying to say we're an organisation that will think how can we do this mm-hmm. rather than I don't think you'll be able to manage. Right. Make sense. Uh, let me let me sort of emphasize that. I'll sort of explain that a bit better maybe. Uh, this last season we had a young young man come to see us and he was uh, he's a wheelchair user mm-hmm. but he also uh, due to his one of his conditions he also had to use a mobile respirator now we hadn't come across this before but we did we didn't say i don't think you'd be able to do this Matt. Uh, but let's see how we couldn't do it so we we got him into the, we used our hoist and we got him into the car and then we had to consider uh health and safety as we always do mm-hmm. how can we make sure that his respirator is stable uh, it's not going to move around when he's driving and, and he's going to be able to continue to well, breathe basically mm-hmm. so we strapped we, we we made sure it, we, we secured it tightly and securely it, we've made sure that the, the, the equipment was operating in normal parameters mm-hmm. but what we also did in, in his case we sent him out on the track uh, but we also sent behind him with a with a with a, a paramedic. We also sent the safety car out as well. Mm-hmm. The paramedic was on standby just in case, just in case, basically. Mm-hmm. But there was no just in case to worry about. He had a fabulous time. <laughs> he, enjoyed, he enjoyed using the hand controls, yeah. and he drove the car. Yeah. that's awesome. Um, so, so you mentioned um, earlier um, as we were um, starting off that. You know, you thought that you were going to get a lot of older um, adults um, that had, you know, lost, you know, whether it be their their motor faculties or maybe sight. Um, but you you you've seen a lot of young children come out, and you say that you've actually seen so many that you're having to make um you know your buggies more for um younger kids. Um, how how how? I mean, I guess you know um. Why, why do you think you were so surprised to see so um, many kids um, wanting to come and have that um, experience? And what do you think it is about motorsports that really just draws in young kids and want them to have that experience? I mean, I, I suppose when I think about it, I shouldn't have been surprised because <laughs> I wanted to drive since I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> so why I was surprised, I'm not quite sure, but I, I was. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the fabulous thing about it is that it is excitement. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's very unusual, it, mm. it, and, it, and it's thrilling to 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 be out. And the other the other great thing that I haven't mentioned yet is that we we don't preclude anybody. Mm-hmm. So if a family come along and they say they have a family of four, so you've got mum and dad, a brother and sister, and I, I say for example the brother's got sight loss and he he's come with his sister, we and the sister's able bodied. Mm-hmm. We don't say you can't do it. We right. put, we have, we've had brother and sister on the racetrack <laughs> uh, on many occasions mm-hmm. and when they go home they've had they are a shared memory mm-hmm. they did the same thing together they drove a car on a racetrack mm-hmm. i mean that's that's a that's a very powerful memory to take home with you yeah um, for the families and relatives around they get such a benefit as well mm-hmm. they can see their loved ones just ha- not having to struggle with their challenge whatever that may be mm-hmm. they can see them happy they can see them smiling they can see them just enjoying what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and that's so rewarding for uh, the family members so rewarding for all our volunteers and for me it's most very humbling and it's one of the most exciting 
and proudest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, putting my own experience into that. Uh, I mean, it gives me goosebumps to think of just having my dad in the, in the car with me as, as I'm driving, you know, and then my mom for my sister. Because um, that was my, my that, that really was the big thing that really upset my sister when um, she was, you know, a young teenager is not being able to drive. Um, she wanted that so bad. And when the doctors told her that she couldn't do it, I mean, it just devastated her. So I can only imagine just the, the family dynamic when it comes to having, you know, a kid or an adult there and their families with them and they, they can see them and maybe even be in the car with them as they have that experience. I mean, what a life-changing moment and just what an amazing day for the entire family. It, it is, and we, we, we appreciate that. We, take, mm -hmm. we don't take it for granted. Mm -hmm. we, we find ourselves in a very fortunate position that we are able to send people home at the end of the day uh, feeling that they've achieved something, they've enjoyed it, they've had a few moments to forget whatever it is they have to deal with when they get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. The great thing about it is they don't have to do it once. If they want to come back again, they can come back again. Yeah. And we have people, we have a, we have a, um, a young man uh, who joined us when, he's, when he was 11. He's called him Little Zach. And he was Little Zach. <laughs> um, now, I'm, I'm sort of five foot ten. Little Zach is now two or three inches taller than me. <laughs> Big Zach now. <laughs> Little Zach still comes in. And we still call him Little Zach. Mm -hmm. And he still comes in and sees us. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you create, like, lifelong friendships and you know we do indeed mm -hmm. yeah you just you know that 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 experience lives with them forever um and they and they remember it and heck they they want to come back for it more and more times yeah in fact we we had a one couple who met at one of our events and subsequently they got married oh that's awesome that's so cool yeah, yeah. that's the those are always the best stories and you know as you know the co-founder of that like you said you know it humbles you but you know it's just to, to know you 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 can create a bond like that through them speed of sight that has to really you know like i already said humble you <laughs> yeah yeah Definitely. so so for those that are listening and um, are unfamiliar when it comes to um speed of sight when it comes to say booking um you know a a you know a drive um, do you, how how do they go about doing that if they find their way over in the UK? Um, and... If they find their way in the UK, then they can go to our website mm -hmm. if, if they're able to, mm -hmm. which is simply speedofsight.org, mm -hmm. and they they can book on onto the events that we're running. Mm -hmm. We don't run every day, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. We usually we usually run once or twice a month at different mm -hmm. venues around the country. Mm -hmm. uh, what we found since uh, COVID and lockdown. Is that our events get as soon as we release as soon as we release dates, mm -hmm. our events get booked up really really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Now, otherwise, if they want to give us a call, we're able to do that as well. And if we've got an availability, we can fit them in. So we make it as easy as we can mm -hmm. for people to get involved. So, when it comes to the tracks, you you mentioned just now that on um, the venues change. Um, are these like your standard like NASCAR or are, they, are these more like um, indie um, motocross um, just for those that are listening or, or maybe curious? Our, our tracks are twisty tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, not, they're not ovals or circles. Mm -hmm. They are twisty tracks. So you're doing left and rights and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, now, and they obviously vary in size, of course, 
uh, where, depending on where we are in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, when we are to say, uh, in, we're going up to, uh, in August, we're going up to Scotland mm -hmm. and we're doing an off-road event there, which gives, it's a different experience, mm -hmm. just as much fun. You're going over rough terrain, over bumps, up hills, down ditches. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, you, if you're happy to get wet and muddy, then it's great fun. <laughs> That's the one that I would want to do. I would want to do an off-road because that to me sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. And uh, living here in the, the southern states of the U.S., um, you know, a lot of mudding. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of off-road uh, muddy days. So that that to me would be the most fun part. I would want to do an off-road one. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, as I say, you get yourself over here and we get, get in the mud. <laughs> um, so um, you mentioned this earlier, but um, for those that are listening and maybe just want, um, you know, just more clarification, um, you mentioned that, you know, it doesn't matter if you have any experience at all or, you, or you've had experience driving. Uh, it's more so about just coming there and just, you know, just getting to have the drive and knowing that there's someone there that's going to help give you the instructions and then you go off to have a drive. So for those that are listening and maybe are nervous, <laughs> maybe just reassure them that, you know, you, you don't need to have any experience if you've never driven or if it's been a while since you drove last, uh, you'll be in good hands as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't matter whether you've driven for 50 years and mm -hmm. haven't driven for 10 or you've never driven at all. We, work, we treat people individually. Mm -hmm. We're not a production line. Mm -hmm. We take our time uh, within everyone that comes to see us. Mm -hmm. uh, because individuals are individuals and they mm -hmm. need to be treated as such. Um, so we understand, I mean, I had a young lady, for example, um, when I, we did an event in the northeast of England recently uh, in, in May. A young lady, she's uh, just turned 16 and she had her challenges in life. Uh, mm -hmm one of which was sight loss mm -hmm. and she was very nervous um, uh, and now her parents reassured us that she wanted to do it but she's mm -hmm. very nervous she was in tears so we sat with her we chatted with her for about 20 minutes half an hour we introduced the car to her let her have a, let her have a feel of it let her have a look around it then we spent some time while she just sat in it and gathered her thoughts together mm -hmm. eventually when she was ready she went out onto the track when she came back in she was a different girl that's awesome yeah, I could probably see myself being being like her, especially since I've never really driven, just being so nervous, <laughs> something's going to go wrong. And then, you know, I can only imagine as she just started driving it, it that that changed very quickly for her. She she realized very fast that she could do that. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I just think like like you said, it's just, you know, we've been told for so long that we can't do it. And maybe that's created a stigma of even when there is a way for us to do it. We just feel like we're not going to be good enough, but um, just realizing that there's an organization out there like Speed of Sight that's going to make you have that good experience and you don't have to worry about, um, you know, any of that. I mean, that's definitely a big ego boost and, you know, a, a good time to have. Yes, indeed. I'd say, unfortunately, we're, we're only a very small organization. Mm -hmm. so we only operate in the UK at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it'd be lovely to, to expand yeah and how, um, for those that are listening um, can you tell us how, uh, how about how long um, speed of sight has been around for uh, this year is our 10th anniversary oh awesome any big so, plans uh, we had a lovely big celebration mm -hmm. in April 
mm-hmm. to celebrate the 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 fact that we've survived ten years and <laughs> we've all some, some significantly difficult circumstances mm-hmm. as you can imagine mm-hmm. yeah with this, with this pandemic mm-hmm. we came out the other side of that mm-hmm. uh, we still have we have a lot of lovely volunteers and supporters who without them this this couldn't just couldn't happen mm-hmm. and. Uh, we're now looking forward to our next 10 years to mm-hmm. get, more vehicle, get more vehicles. As you say, we've got a little buggy being produced at the moment, uh, and it's a challenge. So it obviously has to be, has to be big enough for our instructors, mm-hmm. but it has to be small enough for the children. <laughs> right. Managed to get the compromise right, I think. Uh-huh. We've got another vehicle hopefully to come online as well this this year. we we'll expand our fleet to, to six. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I've got another another vehicle that I want to try and work with maybe for next season. So we want to grow, we want to deliver mm-hmm. more experiences mm-hmm. and get more people enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking about um, COVID, were there any challenges when it came to the pandemic, of course, uh, you know, with the lockdown? Um, were there any sort of contingencies that you had to enact um, would it, um, how, how was that um, time of, you know, those last, you know, couple, three years for uh, you guys to be speed site? Well, it, it, well, in the pandemic, everything mm-hmm. was locked down. So mm-hmm. everything stopped dead mm-hmm. almost overnight. Mm-hmm. So our activities stopped. All our fundraising activities stopped. Mm-hmm. So when we came out of it, what, about a year later or so, mm-hmm. it was more or, less, more or less, in a way, like starting again mm-hmm. from scratch. We managed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so our challenges are like all charities, if you like, mm-hmm. challenges to 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 fundraise to get the funding in to build mm-hmm. the cars to put them on tracks and stuff. Those are challenges that don't go away. Mm-hmm. We work hard and we stay positive. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've got a, a track uh, event coming up in South Wales in a couple of weeks. Uh, that is that event is very popular and very full. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. We, as I say, in May, uh, sorry, August, we're off to Scotland. We've also, we haven't been to Scotland for about five or six years, so we're really looking forward to that. Um, and the challenges are many fold, but, mm-hmm. if, but if you have the determination mm-hmm. and you look for solutions rather than problems, mm-hmm. or, you can, or you jump over problems or you walk around the problems, mm-hmm. there's usually a way to continue to find another route. If the one route's blocked, you find another one. Um, <laughs> it just takes hard work, hard mm-hmm. effort. But um, someone said to me the other day, I think it might even be my wife, we're, we're out on holiday with a, a couple of friends of ours. And so what would your favourite job be? And we all sat around and if and we all said, well, sort of I said, well, this, this, or this, or if, 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 and if, 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 and this, mm-hmm. this, this. And I sat there thinking, I'm doing mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing mine. I'm running yeah. around I'm running a race team. It's fabulous. Yeah, I think that's 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 such a lovely thing to be able to say. It's just like, well, um, I don't have to imagine it because I'm already doing it. That's it, absolutely. So, um, you've you mentioned some of your um your volunteers. Um, definitely, um, you know, my background is in the nonprofit world, and I, and I know just how important those volunteers are. But um, I would definitely love to hear um you speak of the work that your volunteers are are doing um and for those that might be listening because i do have a bit of an audience in the in the uk and europe if they would like to get involved um what is available for them as volunteers for speed of sight right well volunteers are critical mm-hmm. uh, we recognize without them the charity 
doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. The sort of things that we need the volunteers to do are, are varied. So on a track day, for example, we need people to able to meet up when they arrive. Mm -hmm. We need to talk them through the procedures and sign the necessary paperwork that's mm -hmm. inevitable. And then, then we have volunteers that are um, in the pit, in the pits, if you mm -hmm. like. And those volunteers will be assisting myself getting people into the vehicles. And we also have our volunteers uh, getting people out of the vehicles at the end of their session. Mm -hmm. uh, we also put a new process in post-pandemic so that we have to sanitise the vehicles in between each session. Mm -hmm. and that's probably a process that will continue make it as a normal process now mm -hmm. and we have we have uh marshals who, who have to monitor the track so they can keep an eye on the cars in case there's any breakdowns and stuff like that and then we have marshals who will um talk to the people after their experience see how they feel what was it like is there anything we could have done better anything mm -hmm. we could be doing differently uh, so we tried to make it a, a really family atmosphere uh uh, make people feel as comfortable as possible mm -hmm. keep them involved and informed so there are quite a few different jobs to do mm -hmm. uh, and then we have our trustees as well who get involved with the day-to-day -day activities of of uh, organizing a track day to start with there's a lot of effort goes into that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, have a, we have a very small staff there's myself co-founder and uh, my wife and a lady called jill uh, so there's four of us and we we sort of run the office mm -hmm on a daily basis uh, but we must have i guess uh, a, a regular core of 40 volunteers mm -hmm. and then we get other people to join us uh when, when they can and mm -hmm. obviously we also have our driving instructors as well so mm -hmm. our driving instructors they're all qualified driving instructors that's what they do on a day-to-day -day basis they teach mm -hmm. people to drive so they give up their time like all our volunteers do for the day and they come and help teach our people to enjoy themselves yeah that was going to be a question i had about um, the background for your driving instructors if they just needed to be um driving instructors or if they needed to be like uh former motorsports uh racers <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all approved driving instructors that's mm -hmm. what they do they do that every day mm -hmm. now what about um your volunteers do um do they need to have any sort of background when it comes to racing motorsports or um, can they just come as they are and learn and um, pick up the trade yeah absolutely they come as they are and mm -hmm. whatever they need to know we can teach them and, and let them know what they need to know mm -hmm. now um you, you've mentioned um that you guys do a couple of, of fundraisers um can you talk to me and my audience a little bit about the fundraisers that you put on over for um, Speed of Sight? Well, the fundraiser we had for our anniversary was a, was a dinner and dance. Mm -hmm. The first time we've ever done it in 10 years. It was really successful. Mm -hmm. uh, we did it for several reasons, uh, not just for raising funds, but to sort of introduce people that were interested in what we do. Also say a thank you to the people that have helped us over the years, if you like, to, to get this far. But typical fundraising is donations from general public, mm -hmm. uh, and when we have um, a little, uh, we have uh, other activities which involve uh, the business community. So mm -hmm. we've got our, what we call our Inspire Twenty Five Club. Mm -hmm. Basically, that involves companies making a small donation each month, but we invite them to come and send their employees along to volunteer mm -hmm. track days. We, we, we mention them um, in, in uh, newsletters, 
We also do new, we do sort of like press releases, mm -hmm. the, the social media where we mention our supporters and they they've build up a business community that have a common interest. And mm -hmm. that common interest is speed of sight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's going to be something that I was going to ask you about. It's about, you know, we've talked a little bit about the um, the actual people, you know, and families that are coming there to have the, their, their day um, in the car. But um, the general public consensus, how has the response from the, the public um, been? Um, definitely, has there been any stories that stick with you when it comes to, like, moments in time when um, you, you heard response from the general public? Response from the general public is, 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 is very good. Mm. Uh, and we also, some, one of our fundraising ideas that we do from time to time, and we've got one, we've got one coming up in, uh, in September, mm -hmm. is that we... If you're a if you're if you are a driver and you hold a driver's license, mm -hmm. we come and we come and ask you to join us, and we we give you a chance to drive blindfolded. <laughs> okay. So we do that because we can simulate driving without sight. We're not able to simulate someone driving without legs because we can't stick them back on again. <laughs> uh... So uh, that's a good fundraiser and a very positive one. And uh -huh. I teach teaches people a different way of uh following instruction mm -hmm. because having to do that we take away one sense you have to rely on the other senses in the mm -hmm. way that they're accustomed to so we do find that's a great team building exercise mm -hmm. people really do enjoy it mm -hmm. um uh, but another fundraising ideas are the typical ones i guess that people do cycle rides people do marathons mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing for us and they raise the money in the, in, in the ways that the different ways that they can <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. That would be one heck of a a team building day for a company is to have all their employees come out and get behind the wheel of the car and be like, "All right, well, we're gonna blindfold you now, um, and now you gotta take instructions." Um, I mean, not only is it a great team building exercise, but um, you know, maybe for those that maybe uh, don't have a good understanding of what it is to live with a disability or just don't really interact with the community, you know, what a great time for them to learn and be opened up to diversity and inclusion. That's right. So it's, well, it's a good fundraiser for us. Mm -hmm. what, we do, what we do is we don't, we don't fill the day up with, with um, that type with, with, with corporate people, if you like mm -hmm. the day up. So we still have our normal participants come to, to, to join us. Mm -hmm. What that, what that has, what the effect of that is that people who are, uh, may never have come across someone living with a disability mm -hmm. come and see someone who does and they realize they can that gives them a chance to realize during the day that this person isn't a disabled person mm -hmm. this person is a person living with a disability they're just Absolutely. a person mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. but, and it also gives them a chance to see what the, the effect that the charity has on people's lives mm -hmm. the, effect, the positive effect it can have on their employees and the real way that we improve people's well-being just mm. by giving them the chance to drive yeah definitely uh it it can do a lot of good for everybody um you know spreading that message of universal acceptance and understanding and then of course just to continue to give the gift of joy to people that would want to have that experience driving that's it yeah, absolutely so um you know, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I think we've covered a lot of good ground here. Um, yeah. But for those that um, 
you know, definitely are curious about learning more about the organization and your mission goal, what is the best place for them to follow you and um, find that information? Well, I think uh, obviously go to our website. Mm -hmm. uh, also go to, uh, the, you know, the Facebook and, and uh, LinkedIn, if people are on LinkedIn. But I'm a bit of an old-fashioned guy. If you want to find out about something, give me a call. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a lost art on a lot of people nowadays. <laughs> Every time I um, someone asks me, it's like, are you okay with doing phone calls? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, how old are you? Like, I'm 29. And you still do phone calls? I'm like, well, well, yeah. I mean, don't, doesn't everybody? But apparently, nope, nope. Not a lot of people do phone calls anymore. Yeah. We had, uh, I got a little while ago, I, I acquired, um, not sure why, but I acquired a, a telephone that's got a dial on it. You know, the mm. old-fashioned dial phones? Yeah. Uh, and one of our children, one of our grandchildren came around to see us and they said, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a phone. No, yeah. Not. That's not a phone. <laughs> <laughs> phone. It doesn't have Safari or apps on it. Like, oh, no, this, these, these are what phones used to be like before uh, computers got put in them. There you go. <laughs> well, um, before I let you go, I definitely want um, you to say one last thing, and that is, um, if you could tell my audience when they book a ride in a drive with Speed of Sight, what experience are they getting when they come to that track? Right, so what's going to happen is then they'll arrive at the track, we'll meet, meet and greet, go through the paperwork, uh, and then we will introduce you to the, the vehicle that you're going to be driving. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we will sh show you around the vehicle, then we will get you set, set up, sat in the vehicle, get you strapped in with a race harness, then we'll go through the controls with you, uh, introduce you to your instructor, uh, then we'll put your balaclava on, and then we'll put your crash helmet on, plug you into the comms, and then the instructor will say a few more, in, uh, come over a few more details with you. Uh, and then he will start the car and take it out onto the circuit. Mm -hmm. Once you're on the circuit, uh, he will then introduce you to steering the vehicle and go a few, go a couple of laps around the, around the uh, circuit with him helping you, uh, and you get used to how the how the wheel turns and how much movement you use to put on the wheel, uh, and just familiarising yourself with the venue that you're at. Mm -hmm. uh, and once you're comfortable and getting comfortable with that, we can introduce the pedals to you then. So we can show you how to gel accelerate gently. Uh, then we can show you how the braking works. And then once you're confident goes, we can get you on the back straight and you can punch it. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing. Well, um, is, is there any coming up that you'd like to plug or let people know about um, that are listening? Um, any any events that you definitely want to highlight um, before um, we wrap things up? Well, say so for, you, for our UK listeners or people coming over here, we have our event in August, uh, which is uh, an off-road event in Scotland. If you want to look up that on the, on the website, welcome. We have another new event in North Wales, in Anglesey. Really looking forward to going there. It'll be our first time there that we've been. Fabulous, fabulous race circuit right on the cliff tops. It's an awesome place, awesome venue. We're really looking forward to that. Um, our event, our, our uh, season runs from typically March through to October. Mm -hmm. Feedback says that November, December, January, February are too cold. <laughs> uh, our events this year are mostly full. Uh, we mm -hmm. have vacancies still at Anglesey. 
and in Scotland. Um, but uh, we tend to launch our new dates for next year around about October, November time. Mm -hmm. uh, so if people are interested in next spring, next summer, keep an eye on that uh, on, on, our, on our diary for then. Um, we, will, we will be introducing a couple of more racetracks next year as well, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So we're trying, to, we're trying to grow our repertoire, uh, trying to get more track owners and track management companies to get on board and support us, and we're making steady progress. Awesome. Well, um, um, one last time, just so that I have it correct, speed of site, um, is it .org.uk or just .com? No, it's just .org. Okay, so speedofsight.org. Reason I say that is because for all my listeners that have listened to this episode and are like, hmm, you know, I'm going to be over in the UK on holiday or I, I live in the UK, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, London, um, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and you're like, I want to have my own drive, speedofsight.org. Please go give them a follow. You can find them on Twitter. Like you said, you can give him a call or you can even email him. But please, if you are listening and this is something that you would like to experience for yourself, please go to their website and book your drive today. Well, Mike, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. I have enjoyed talking to you. Um, thank you so much for all that you do. And if I ever find my way over to UK, I definitely will be booking a drive. We look forward to meeting you. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that's going to be it for the podcast today. If you have any questions for my guests and you'd like me to pass along a question to them, please know you can email me at cmboughton. That's C as in Chad, M as in Michael, B as in boy, C-M-B-O-U-T-O-N at yahoo.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, the podcast is on Twitter. It's at 2200 hindsight at 20200 hindsight. All one word at 2200 hindsight. And if you know anybody that would like to listen to the podcast, please let them know. We can be found on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Hindsight is 20 slash 200. And hopefully very soon, I will be able to say um, even more platforms. But until then, hope you guys enjoyed. Please thank my amazing guest, the great and powerful Mike Newman. And until we meet again, everybody, please be safe, take care of each other, and be kind. Bye, guys.